0: This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 357. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 357. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms Hello, shameless moms, happy Monday, happy summer. It's almost the end of July if you're listening in live time and I don't even know where the time is going, but I guess that's just how it goes every month goes faster than the one before. And that's the way the world works now. (laughs) Welcome to motherhood. So I'm super excited to be here with you today. I am looking forward to is in camp for the next two weeks. Hallelujah. And I'm home in town for two full weeks. So I'm just super excited to have like, it's going to feel like the school year a little bit. And I'm really excited about that. I don't mean to brag, but some of you might have FOMO because I know what it's like to have real wonky childcare and unpredictable schedules in the summer. We've definitely been living that and enjoying a lot of it, but also I've been feeling the crunch of just... Not a lot of time for me to do the things I need to do to, you know, to keep the shameless empire running. So, super happy to be here with you, kicking off a fresh week. And I want to start with our Shameless Mom of the Week. So, remember, Shameless Mom of the Week comes from a review left in Apple podcast or iTunes where you let me know how the show has impacted you. So, if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review and let me know how the show has impacted you, that spits you right into our Apple portal you might get nominated to be Shameless Mom of the Week. So this week's Shameless Mom of the Week is Hope. And oh my gosh, like buckle your seatbelts because this is a good one. So Hope says, her review is titled, Show for Self Care. She says, I was struggling with a lot of overwhelm in my everyday life when I found this show. I'm a mom of two boys under two and the sole income of our household. As we chose to have my husband be a stay-at-home dad. I work as a nurse, so sometimes I am gone for 12 to 14 hours, three to four days a week. Oh, and I'm going to school part-time online to finish up my BSN. Like I said, a lot of overwhelm. These are things I had to do to go through work, school, and being a mom. They weren't optional for me. Everything else I was saying yes to, however, was optional. And I was saying yes to everything to unnecessary worry, stress, and anxiety. One of the most valuable lessons I've learned and started practicing from the show is saying no. No to anything that took away free time from my family. No to anything that added extra stress or worry to my life and no to things that did not have a purpose or moved me closer and school, work, or momming. For me, this meant deleting my Facebook, jumping into a new job with more opportunities, and a new hobby, running, to clear my head and give me the mental break I needed from all the things. My goal is no longer to be carrying the busy working mom badge, but to GSD so that I have mental, physical, and financial capabilities to be the best mom, wife, and individual that I can be. Self-care was the biggest and most important thing missing from my life. And the show was the first step to adding that in. I now feel I'm capable of anything and I've removed all the mental limits I was putting on myself. I can't wait to see where I am a year from now as I continue to learn and practice all the wonderful tips and tricks from the show. Hope. Mama, you are doing all the things in the best way possible. Oh my gosh, I love this review. You are just modeling so many behaviors that are helping you live bigger, bolder, braver every damn day. And also I can just sense giving you so much more joy and removing so much unnecessary stress boundaries was what came to mind as I was reading through this. I was like boundaries, boundaries, she found her boundaries, which is amazing. And this actually ties in with what we're going to talk about today. So Hope, thank you because I think that this is such a beautiful example of what is possible when we have good boundaries. And one of the other things that can come up when we have good boundaries is a lot of judgment. And so we're going to talk about the judgy Mcjudgersons here in just a minute. And I'm curious if Hope was here, I would interview her right now. I'm curious what happens with you all when you put up boundaries and when you start new ventures and when you decide to say no to certain things or yes to certain things, what other people might say or think about it and what your reaction is to that. And so my feed or my take on this is it's not your job to make other people comfortable. And a lot of times as part of wearing our busy badge and as part of being people pleasers we like to make a lot of people comfortable and i hope it sounds like maybe you were in that boat of trying to make a lot of people comfortable at your own expense and to the point that you didn't have any time to yourself any mental clarity around what you even needed or wanted because you were so busy saying yes to all the things and often we do that because we're trying to please everyone else. We're trying to make other people comfortable rather than really looking at what we want to do for ourselves. So I want to talk about this topic today. This is, I think, a really important thing to dive into. I think women in general tend to try to make other people comfortable way more often than necessary. And I think it's something we're really trained and indoctrinated to do. And sometimes it's because this is what we've been modeled. We may be modeled Our parents being in these roles where our moms were in a position of pleasing our dads and everyone else. Oftentimes that happens in those primary caretaker roles. If we look at teachers, often they are all about making people feel comfortable. So a lot of times our primary caretakers growing up are people that really went out of their way to make everyone around them feel comfortable. And this is what we're modeled. And of course, there's beauty in seeing people do that and seeing people be so giving and also there can be a lot of downfalls in what happens if in all areas of our lives we're trying to make other people comfortable so i want to give you some examples of things that might make other people uncomfortable i mean i have a list and i think this will be relatable because not only are these things where people might have been uncomfortable viewing this in you But you also might find that you are judgy of other people when they do these things, when you see this happening. So I think there's two sides to this coin and I want you to just kind of decide and be a little introspective in terms of where you might fall on this. So ways that you might make other people uncomfortable or ways that you might feel uncomfortable when other people have success. Number one, when you lose weight, when you run a 10K or a marathon, when you quit your job to stay home with your kids. When you make a lot of money, people might get real uncomfortable if you make a lot of money. When you write a book, when you start your own business, when you go for a promotion, when you go back to school to get an advanced degree, when you put your child in full time childcare, a lot of people might have some opinions about that. When you go on an epic vacation, when you go on an epic vacation and then people post in your feed, they're like, hmm, must be nice. You've made them uncomfortable. When you take every Friday off, when you get massage on a regular basis, When you buy your kid something fancy, we just did this recently. And I had this moment of like, well, what are other people going to say? They're going to be like, oh, it must be nice to have an only child and be able to indulge them to this level. And I had to sit with that for a minute. And I'll talk more about that in a minute. When you buy a bigger house, when you buy a tiny house, (laughs) I, I think people get uncomfortable with people buying tiny houses because I think that we can't imagine. Well, I don't know. I guess I shouldn't qualify it. I think we get uncomfortable when we see people's joy in the simple things. And I think sometimes that comes from our inability to see joy in the simple things. Just my thoughts. Other times you might make people uncomfortable when you announce that you're a photographer, an event planner, a jewelry designer, a life coach, a blogger, a podcaster, a speaker, a writer. So basically when you give yourself a new title, another one, this is my favorite one. When you say you want to be a mogul. This one just came to me recently. I was listening to an interview with someone talking about this word mogul in reference to women, and that it's a word that we don't use. And so, a mogul is someone who has a place of authority in a certain field and a certain level of like fame and notoriety around it. And I think we often associate it in the world of celebrity. We you know we associate it with like Beyonce or P Diddy or whatever. Like in my mind, a mogul is like. A rapper with an entourage. <laughs> um, and i many millions in the bank. But there's a lot of other ways that the context of mogul shows up. And I think that people are very uncomfortable with women showing up as moguls. And I think that's a really interesting dynamic.
1: Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence You are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back. So, join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts, starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks.
0: So, these are all ways that we might make other people uncomfortable. And here's the thing that happens, is that... We don't shine in our success or our desires if we think other people might be uncomfortable. And that's a damn shame. So I want you to think about where you are shrinking or really subduing yourself because you don't want other people to be uncomfortable. So maybe you're not telling people that you got a raise. Maybe you're not telling people that you booked a great vacation. Maybe you're not telling people that you get a massage every Sunday afternoon because you don't want them to be uncomfortable you don't want them to pass judgment on you. And so what are we going to do about that? What are we going to do about making someone uncomfortable and being okay with it? And a lot of this goes back to boundaries, knowing that you will make people uncomfortable and that's okay. Because it's not your job to keep everyone comfortable all the time. And when you decide that it is your job to keep people comfortable, the expense is your own self-worth. The expense is is your own means of qualifying yourself. Your expense is your own joy and your own happiness, your own ability to show up fully as your most true, complete, authentic self. That's a really big price to pay to keep someone else comfortable. So I've definitely been in situations where I've held back talking about something I've achieved or some sort of level of success. Or, I mean, an example would be like running a half marathon, which I've done with multiple friends before, and coming in before other people in the race and not wanting to share my time and cuz i was like well i don't want to make the person who came in 10 minutes late after me feel bad so i'm just I'm not going to tell them how fast i ran that's an example that we of something we might do all the time these are really small ways that we shrink all the time because we don't want someone else to be uncomfortable so i think what we need to start doing is trusting that when we share our biggest truest shiniest selves the right people will see us and this can be a great opportunity For those who are already being critical to be more visibly critical for us to see, oh, wait, maybe this person doesn't deserve very much space in my life. And I actually think there's a lot of value in this. I think there's a lot of value in showing up in really big ways and letting that attract some people and totally repel others. Because then the lines become really clear. And you're not in this wishy-washy place of spending energy trying to figure out how to balance it all so that no one's uncomfortable. Instead, you get to see very clearly, I'm showing up as my truest, most authentic self, and I've clearly repelled over someone over here. And that's okay. That's a message I needed to receive. I needed to see that because now I know where this relationship stands and I know if I should continue to place as much value in it. And maybe you should, and maybe you shouldn't. But having those clear defining moments sometimes can be huge gifts. While in the moment, they can feel you know uncomfortable and sometimes heartbreaking. Sometimes this can be like the demise of a relationship or like massive erosion of a friendship. In the moment, that can be heartbreaking. But long-term, that wasn't the relationship you wanted to be in anyways. And this happens with family. And sometimes with family, that's not the relationship you want to be in anyways either. And so we often tiptoe around the people we think we might make uncomfortable because we think it's easier. When in reality, if you can start to be more clear around who you want to attract and who you're okay with repelling, you actually create more space for the right people. And you create more space to attract the people who you want to build community with, who you want to be in relationships with. The people who will be with you for through thick and thin, the people who will be your ride or dies. And that's more valuable to your growth. And that's more valuable to your true identity, right? To have those ride or dies rather than trying to tiptoe around, not letting people see that you got to go on an amazing vacation because you're afraid someone might have some sort of smart ass comment about must be nice, must be nice to take off a week to go to Hawaii with the family. Yeah, actually, Aunt Flo, it was really nice. Thanks for noticing. So you get to see who these people are and how they want to show up in your lives. And you get to draw boundaries around that and be really, really clear. So I think that there's a lot of opportunity that comes actually with making people uncomfortable. I've definitely done this. And it's been really hard. And also, I've been able to create a lot of clarity around how I'm going to let relationships impact me and who I'm going to allow to be in my life and who I'm going to have relationships with. Because you get to pick that at the end of the day. You get to pick the people that you invite in and you get to pick and define the terms on which they are invited to stay in your space. Also know that people are going to pigeonhole you. People are going... So when you come in, you're like, well, I'm going to run my first half marathon or I'm going to become a photographer, or I'm going to buy my kid the super fancy, expensive gift. People are going to pigeonhole you. So I'll go back to my example of buying Vinny this extravagant gift that we've been considering. And my initial thought of, oh, gosh, when kids come over to play, and then they go home and tell their parents that he got this thing, like people are going to roll their eyes and be like, oh, it must be so nice. The deans only have to buy for one kid so they can like indulge in this. And I just like got super caught up in my head about this whole thing. And then I was like, Okay, first of all, does that really matter? But the thing is, people will probably try to pigeonhole. There probably will be people who are like, oh, well, it must be nice to have the only child, whatever. Like, that's just people's way of organizing chaos in the world is that we do put people in boxes. And so, recognizing that there's that, and sometimes it's super innocent and like not a big deal. And then, other times, it is a big deal. So there's a great quote, and we're reading Big Magic right now for book club in Momentum Mamas. And Big Magic is a book by Elizabeth Gilbert. She also wrote Eat, Pray, Love. And she said, never delude yourself into believing that you require someone else's blessing or even their comprehension in order to make your creativity work. So never delude yourself into believing that you require someone else's blessing or their comprehension in order to get what you want out of life, in order to create things, in order to be whoever you want to be, in order to embrace whatever identity you want to embrace. You don't need anyone's blessing and you don't need anyone's understanding. So you're not looking for permission and you're not looking for someone else's comprehension. There are people who have no clue what I do and they constantly try to put me in a box. And usually it's in the box of mommy blogger, which I'm not a mom blogger. And that's just their way of trying to organize all the chaos that is people doing things online. And so they're like, oh, well, you have something online that must be a mom blog because you're a mom. No, it's not. But whatever, like, does it doesn't matter. And what's funny is that it's usually my husband's male friends who would do that. And it doesn't matter because I'm not looking for most of them are like men in their 40s and 50s who don't have kids. So it makes no difference because I don't need their blessing or their permission or their comprehension or their support. So I could spend a lot of time being like insulted or offended or feel little or belittled. Instead, I totally laugh it off. And I'm like, yeah, so it's not a mom blog. It's a podcast. It's actually really successful. Like I just kind of joke about it. And it's become this big joke that most dudes who don't have kids in their 40s or 50s think that I'm a mommy blogger cool, whatever. Hashtag next. And so recognizing really clearly that it doesn't matter what box people put you in because people are going to put you in boxes. And that is the way that they organize chaos, the chaos of the world in their head. And it's not your responsibility. It's not your responsibility to relabel the box for them, to teach them about boxes, to teach them about what you do, to have them redefine the box, to tell them like how you want them to categorize it. None of that is your job. And recognize that the things that you're doing, you're not doing for those people. You're doing them for you, for your family, for your own sense of growth, all those kinds of things, right? So getting really clear around that too. I think this is especially relevant when people start businesses on their own or make professional shifts. We often think that we need the support of the people closest to us because... Well, we desire their support first just because that feels good. But also, we often think we need their support because we think we might need to lean on them. So, I'm going to use the example of someone who might get involved in an MLM. So, maybe you decide you want to start selling products through an MLM as a sales rep or whatever. know, they're called all sorts of different things. But if you decide that you want to get involved in an MLM selling something, so, you know, whether it's Beachbody or Arbonne or Lularo or Beauty Counter, like any of the things, we often, think that we want everyone to understand what it is because they might be our prospective buyers or prospective clients. And we need to step away from that because you don't need their support and you don't need them to be comfortable with what you're doing. You need support for the people who you want to serve, who already get it. And you got to go find those people who already get it. And the way that you do that is by becoming a mirror for the people that you want to attract. Becoming a mirror for the people who you want to attract allows you to repel the right people. So when you decide that you're going to be confident and courageous and take action and show up on a certain way in your daily life, on social media, whatever, you will automatically attract the people that you want to most attract and repel those who you don't. You're automatically going to attract the friends who are like, oh my gosh, you are doing great things. I love seeing you. I love seeing how excited you are. You're really embracing this new role. I want to support you. Those are the people you want to attract, right? So be a mirror for the people that you want to attract. Don't stoop to the level of the people who don't get it or who are not showing up in full support, because those aren't the people you want to do business with anyways. Those aren't the people. And I mean, I'm going to put quotes around business, whether it's business or do life with or do friendship with or do family with. So be really clear around that. Also recognize another quote from Big Magic own this. I refuse to take on additional jobs, such as trying to police what anybody thinks about my work once it leaves my desk. So Elizabeth Gilbert talks about this in reference to her writing, that when she goes to write, she's like, I don't go to write the next New York Times bestseller. I just go to write the book that brings me the most joy that feels really, really good to me. And if it's well received, great. And if it's not well received, totally fine too. I wrote the book that I needed to write for myself at that time. I'm not writing it for anyone else. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. And almost 10 million
1: downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: So therefore, she doesn't have to police what anyone else thinks about her work once it leaves her desk she can stay super neutral. That's hard to do and also really important to do. So how do we deal with the judgers, the judgersons? How do we deal with them? So number one, ignore them. Ignore them. When they go low, we go high, right? We ignore them and pay them no attention and recognize that whenever you give energy. So I'm going to go back to Marie Forleo quote that I use all the time that two thoughts can't take up the same space. So if you are fixated on someone who is a negative force in your life, you do not have any room for the positive people in your life because you can't have energy for both of them at the same time. So you have to pick. Every minute that you spend wasting on a naysayer, wasting on a judger, wasting on someone who you've made uncomfortable, who's trying to make you uncomfortable back is energy that you cannot spend cultivating a beautiful relationship with someone else. So... The more that you can ignore, the better. The other way to deal, another way to deal with the judges, is to see their pain and insecurities for what they are. So typically, people's judging comes from pain and insecurities of their own that are all about them, not about you. And especially there's a lot of people who live in massive scarcity mindset. So there's people who have thoughts, and I'll be honest like this is, I think, a little bit of human nature, but there are people who have thoughts around along the lines of, so you may say like, oh my gosh, we just got a new house and it's like our dream house. And it's so great. And people, when you say that people are like, oh, well, she got her dream house. Now I can't have mine. Like we think there's a finite amount of everything. So like there's only one dream house in the world or someone else runs a 5k and they're like, oh my gosh, I ran my first 5k. And you're like, oh, that's great. And then you think, well, now I can't run one. Or someone else lost 30 pounds and you immediately feel awful about yourself. Well, she lost 30 pounds. Now I can't lose 30 pounds. We think everything is finite, which is so weird. And we think that when someone else gets something, that means that like they've taken the only opportunity for that thing to exist and owned it for themselves at our own expense. And when I say that all out loud, you recognize how weird that sounds. And you also probably recognize like, holy cow, I do that sometimes (laughs) because I totally think it's a human nature kind of a thing. So someone else got to go to Mexico last week. Oh, that was the only trip left in the world to Mexico. (laughs) I guess our family will never get to go. (laughs) Like, We literally have the weirdest thoughts around that. So definitely when you see people having this commentary around must be nice or being really judgy. I mean, I would say this even comes up around people judging other women's bodies. Like when you see a woman walking down the street and a girlfriend says like, oh man, she should definitely not be wearing that. Jumpsuits were not made for that body type. Those kinds of comments, those are speaking to someone's pain and insecurity. So really seeing that for what it is and acknowledging that that's someone else's insecurity speaking. I will tell you that I have friends that comment on women's bodies all the time. And every single person that I know who makes routine comments about women's bodies are easily, clearly, and obviously my friends who are the most by far insecure about their own bodies. My people, my friends who are secure in their own bodies do not give a crap what anyone else wears or looks like. (laughs) It's only people who are insecure in their own bodies who pass judgment on other people's bodies. And so I would go to say, it's people who are insecure about their own accomplishments who make judgments on other people's accomplishments. It's people who are insecure about their own financial situation who will make constant judgments and comments on someone else's financial situation. So be really clear around what it means when someone passes judgment on someone else's life. I had someone Recently, talk about how I'm such an angry person. And I was like, this is hilarious. So, this is someone who I intentionally don't have a relationship with. And I was at first really taken aback by the comment. And then I was like, oh, wait. Like a week later, I realized I was like, oh, bless, bless. This person's a really angry person. Like this person, and they're angry at themselves, but it made them feel better and it made them feel a little bit elevated for them to say, oh, but Sarah's so angry. Sarah's just so angry. And that's why we can't have a relationship right now. And the truth is, that's not the case at all. It's actually the other person who's really angry at themselves because they've never been a good manager of our relationship. They've never been able to extend the olive branch, take the high road. They've never been able to rectify the pain that they've caused in my life by being the bigger person. That person's really angry with themselves. And it's much easier for them to identify me as the angry one. So all I can do is hashtag bless and be compassionate. I know that this person has a lot of tough emotion around this, regardless of whether or not they choose to own it or feel it. And I can be compassionate for that must be really hard. I can be compassionate around like, it's probably hard to look up and face yourself in the morning when you know that you have really struggled in making Some of the most important relationships in your life, good relationships. That's probably a pretty painful way to live and a painful way to wake up in the morning. So I can be compassionate around that. I would never want to live that way. That would be really, really hard. So I can be compassionate and I can be curious and consider okay, so why might that be? Instead of me feeling defensive, why might that be? Maybe because this person has struggled with relationships because they were never modeled positive relationships. And they never learned how to build relationships in a way that was reciprocal. So I can be curious and compassionate. So that's another way to deal with the judges is be compassionate and curious to the extent that it does not cost you too much energy. <laughs> because I think there's a limit for sure when it comes to being compassionate and curious about other people judging you. And so I think like a quick run through of like, okay, they're in pain, they're insecure, I'm going to be compassionate, I feel really bad for them. Like, wishing them all the best and really literally feeling that like it can't just be lip service and that takes some work, really literally feeling like, wow, that must be really hard. That must be really painful. I'm sorry that that person feels that way or is going through that. I wonder if it's because of this pain and trauma in their life. That must feel really, really tough. That must be a lot on their plate. So really being as authentic as you can in that compassion and curiosity, because you can't make it up. (laughs) Like You can't fake it. And that takes time for sure. The next piece of this, how to deal with the judges is to make space for the people who light you up and support you. So recognize going back to two thoughts can't take up the same space. So when you're giving energy to the judges and the people that you've made uncomfortable who are trying to make you uncomfortable in return, you aren't saving any energy for the people who you really want to let in. And so recognize that every time you pull back and give up some of that energy that you have been harboring on the negative people, you've made space for the people who light you up and the people who want to support you and the people who are excited for you. So find those places where those people exist. Come over to the Shameless Mom Facebook group over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. Like come in there and introduce yourself to us, if I can get the words out, and light up and shine in our group. Because we would love to see you and support you and celebrate with you and hear what you're doing and hear all the great things about your life without judging you, without being jealous, without being critical, without being negative, all that. So find those places, make space for those people. I see this all the time in our Momentum Mamas membership community, where it's such a great place to shine. And everyone gets so excited for everyone else. Because we're in this group in the context of, we're here to support each other. We're here to be each other's best cheerleaders. And when you have places where that's the context of the relationship, and it's not like 20 years of baggage of he said, she said, and you never did this, and you always did that kind of family BS that we all get caught up in, you immediately have this place where you can become a mirror of what you want to attract. And you can show up as your best self, as the person you want to become, doing all the things that you want to be doing right now, embracing new components of your identity and really living your best life and having all these people stand up and cheer for you. So recognize that every time you push a naysayer aside, you make space for someone else. You make space for that positive force, for the positive light, for the positive people to step into your life in bigger, more powerful ways. And that is essential. So to sum it all up, it's not your job to make other people comfortable, but it is your job to create joy for yourself. And you are taking away from your own joy when you're constantly trying to make other people comfortable, when you're holding back from shining because you think it might make someone uncomfortable. When you don't post that picture where you look amazing because you think, oh, I don't want to look showy. I don't want to look like I'm trying to like, you know, bring attention to myself on Facebook. Post the picture. Tag me. I want to see it. <laughs> like, Post the picture. Let yourself shine and know that the people who support you want to see you shine. Let them see you shine in whatever way makes the most sense, whether that is putting your kid in full-time childcare, whether that is taking every Friday off work, whether that and still putting your child in childcare, whether that is buying the bigger house and posting a picture of it on social media, whether that's telling everyone that you're a photographer or you're an event planner or you're making jewelry on Etsy, whatever it is, let yourself shine without considering that it might make someone else uncomfortable because every time you make space for someone to be uncomfortable, and you make that a thought in your head, you already dull the experience for yourself to shine. So if you know people who need to shine more, and you feel inspired by this episode, definitely share this out, share this out, so that we can help more shameless mamas shine all damn day, every damn day.